As an immigrant, I understand the uniqueness of our challenges. We relocate to Canada for different reasons, but we all share one thing in common. We are looking for a better life. Unfortunately, that's not always the reality. My name is Paul Adeye. I'm on a mission to provide you with the resources that will help you to succeed as an immigrant in Canada. On every episode of the Thriving Immigrant Podcast, we will learn from successful immigrants. Entrepreneurs will be sharing their stories, wins, and challenges so we can all learn from them. We will also touch on important topics such as career, business, finance, and family. Let's get to it. Cheers to a life of abundance. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Immigrant Podcast. I'm so grateful to God for the opportunity to host you again today. And I'm really excited because I've got a very special guest on the show. My <laughs> guest is someone that I really admire. She has oh. been a blessing to the community, to the African community. And she has done so well for herself and for every, almost every business owner in Canada knows my guest. And her name is Yvonne, Yvonne Ben. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for coming to the show. Yvonne Ben stands as a true luminary in the realm of advocating for African culture and community. With a stellar track record as an award-winning advocate and marketer, she has championed a diverse range of African brands and initiatives across the vibrant industries of fashion, food, lifestyle, career, and entertainment. You can see that I got a big shot for this for this particular episode. So thank you so much, Yvonne, for coming. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, when you were um, you know, introducing me, I was I, I I'm sure your viewers can't really see us, obviously, but my eyes were like glee. I was like, wow, like is he talking about me? Honestly, yeah. I am honored to be here. I love the 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 caption of your podcast, The Thriving Immigrants. And I'm so happy that you saw me as a thriving immigrant to bring me on here. So thank you. Thank you so much. And and thank you to your listeners as well for taking the time to, to listen to us today. Thank you. And you're welcome. So let's get straight to it. Can you share your immigration story? What motivated you to move to Canada? And where are you from? All right. All right. So it was actually earlier in this conversation that I realized that Paul just knew that I'm from Nigeria. Um, but yes, I am Nigerian and I moved here in 2009 as a student. I came here for my university um, schooling. I did a pre-university first and then I went, into, I went to university in Sudbury, Ontario. Um, and it, it's it was just me on the plane like I, I we would normally travel summer holidays with my family my parents but this time around it was just me going on a two two flight journey because you have to I, I I think I can't remember if I was um transiting at Amsterdam or I was transiting at um 
Frankfurt, but I did a transit and then I came to Canada by myself. I remember crying so hard, like why my parents like send me on this journey. But it has been a beautiful journey. I've been here for almost like wow, like that's it's it's insane. 2009, we're in 2023. That's about what 14, 15 years now. Like I'm not, and the math is not mathing, but but let's that's hope 14 it's years. 14 years in Canada. Yeah, I came here with my box, my, my, my luggage, with my clothes in there. Um, and then I went straight to, to pre-university in uh, Kitchener. And then I got a university um, approval. I went to, to university in Sudbury, Ontario. That's my journey. Wow, thank you so much. And you don't look like you've been here for 14 years until you mentioned now. I'm like, wow, that's a long time. So how often do you go back? I don't know. I don't know if I should use the word home. Or how often do you visit Nigeria? I feel like like Canada definitely is home now. Right. Because I spent a huge bulk of my life on Earth, like almost half of my life on Earth here in in Canada. Um, but I I last time I went back was earlier this year. So I would say I I I wouldn't say I go back often because before. Um, earlier this year, last time I was back was 20, 2017, 18, once, once every two, three years. Yeah, that's fair enough. And thank you. Thank you for sharing that. You, you, you know, I mentioned that you don't look like you've been here for a while because every time I see you, you are very rich in that culture. So for mm. you to have been here for 14 years, it shows your passion and your I think the word is passion, your passion yeah. for the African culture. Yeah. Like you've been here for a while, but you still represent us well. And yeah. you still want to build a community which you've built already. So my next question would be, tell us about the case scope. Why did you come up with the case scope? And what do you guys really do? Thank you so much for that question. So the case scope is a platform where you can experience Africa locally. What that means is we have made it easy for anyone, either a newcomer or someone who's just looking to try African food or just experience the culture. We've made it easy for them to take advantage of um, African experiences near, you know, around. So that's sort of like an overview of what the case scope is. Now for um, how the case scope came about, so it started off as a blog called the Kaleidoscopian. And when when we had create, well, I keep saying we, but when I had created the Kaleidoscopian, my goal was to um, showcase my African fashion. And how I, I, I selected the name was, if you look into a kaleidoscope, right, you see a lot of different colors and patterns. And if you look at like my outfits, African print, it's always colored and pat, like you see lots of colors and patterns. So to me, I was the kaleidoscopian. I was someone who was always rocking the fashions and everything, right? It came out, it started off as a blog and then it became a place, a go-to place for people to find African fashion. And slowly, slowly, we had some people who were interested saying that, you know, we've amassed a community of like African fashion lovers who would also in turn be their customers. So they decided to have us advertise their business. That's how we graduated the business or pivoted the business from just African fashion, which is more of a blog, to now encompassing like African food, African events. It's now the one-stop shop for African experiences in the city, Toronto. 
but it started off in Sudbury, but now it's in Toronto and we're expanding to other cities near us and with more African like um, communities. Yes. Right. So thank you for sharing that. That's so fascinating. When I was reading your bio, I saw that the K-Scope is one of the fastest growing communities dedicated to celebrating African heritage and culture in Canada. And from what you've said, now I I can relate with it because I imagine you being here for 15 years. I can just imagine how lonely it could be then. Because right now, I think in the last five years, we've received more immigrants from Africa. The mm -hmm. immigration pathway has changed, the express entry now. And it's not strange for you to be recognized as the fastest growing communities in Canada. So thank you for bringing Africa to Canada, for making us feel at home while away from home. We appreciate that. Well, thank you. No, thank you for saying that. It's, it's always nice to hear how people experience the business, you know. So thank you for sharing that to you. It's home away from home. Thank you. Yeah, right. So I'm really inspired by your story because, and I feel like this question I'm about to ask you, you will, you will like it. How do you see the role of the younger generation of African immigrants in preserving their cultural and religious heritage while embracing the new Canadian identity? I find that they go hand in hand. Who you are should not take away from where you are. Um, there's a funny joke that talks that, I, I think they say you can take the, the Nigerian out of Nigeria, but you can't take the Nigeria out of the Nigerian in a sense where it doesn't matter where you are, you, you speak from your heart. So if in within you, you're Nigerian, you always find ways to express yourself. Um, that's how pretty much the, the backbone of, of the case scope where it's like, we want to make it easy because we know that everywhere you go, you have Nigerians or you have Africans everywhere you go. So let us make it easy for you not to lose like touch with your culture by finding those vendors and service providers and curating an experience for you. So it's very easy, I believe, um, and most most way, like the best way to do that is just staying in tune with a group of people that share the same culture or share the same religion, back religious background. So that way you stay in tune. So that way you're not losing that touch, right? Um, if say for instance, you're not near people who have the same culture or same interest, the world of social media has made it easy for us to stay connected. So it's it's honestly the go-to thing. And it's also something to be proud about, right? What what do you love about your culture? What is it the food? Is it the, the fashion? What exactly is it? You have to be passionate enough to remain with it, to continue to find ways to express yourself through it. So for me, I'm always wearing African print. Like, I feel like that's like my go-to brand now. So when people see me like that, I, had, I have a friend who she would invite me for things and every time she would say I knew it I knew it I knew you were going to be wearing African print that is why and sometimes people actually wear African print to match because they know that I always come with it so I think it's very easy for young the younger generation to stay connected it's all it all starts with your need to to remain connected and the rest is 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 history because all you need to do is find communities online or in person and just like make sure that connection is not lost 
And you can also follow us at the K-Scope because we can make it easy for you <laughs> to, to con stay connected as well. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. And I love the point you made because honestly, I've built more friends online mm. and I've built offline since I moved to Canada. And that's given me a strong sense of still, I would say I never miss that friendship, mm. that community. And there yeah. are people that I've not even met real life, but I've been able to connect with people online, talk about Twitter, Instagram, like mm. you just mentioned about social media, which mm -hmm. is which is good because I, I think I'm in Ottawa right now. You are in Toronto. <laughs> That's like yep. six hour drive. So thanks to technology that we are able, we are able to connect. Yes. yes. Wow. That's nice. I can tell you in Toronto, but look at look at tech, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. So you founded the case scope. And I'm going to ask you, have you experienced any significant challenges since you found this case scope? Because you are like the biggest, one of the biggest advocates for African culture in Canada. What is one challenge that you can remember that you faced since you launched the case code? Wow. I like, I guess what is one challenge that I haven't faced, right? That would probably be, be a better <laughs> <laughs> because where do we even start from? Is it that, you know, um, access to information or um, being able to understand the landscape or, um, understanding my customer base and you know finding and converting you know people from leads to customers like there's so many challenges I faced and also with the fact that the business started out as a passion project so being able to understand what it actually means to have a business right what does it really mean to own a business I think when I had started when the business when case Club actually became a, a business a sole prop I was told by someone that hey um because I was just like, you know, doing trade by Bata, where someone would say, hey, can I advertise? Can I put something on your Instagram? I'm like, sure. And they would just pay me, right? I never really took it seriously. It was someone that said, oh, you know what? You can you can easily turn into a business by registering it um, for $60. And I was like, okay. And I just did that. But that's not what makes a business, right? Like I've come to realize that just my lack of understanding of, of, of going into, to, you know, starting it that way. Like I had to do like a crash course on, on what it was to, you know, own a, run a business and start a business successfully. So some of the challenges I would say I faced was just some more personal challenges where it's like not being, not able to, not being able to understand what I was getting into as a business owner. I've also come across like just some bad experiences with customers, you know, having to explain what my product was and having to not dumb down my prices. Like, I feel like we, we go through all of that, you know, everyone has their own specific challenges, but for me, it was, it was more like personal where I really didn't understand the landscape and I went into business. So one of the ways that I'm trying to, to, change that is to make it easy for new business owners especially Africans to get access to information that can get them starting right because a lot of times we have ideas and let's say we meet with someone and they say you have to get this you have to get that you have to get that you have to get that it can discourage the business owner and be for them to not probably take a step back and say you know what maybe not right now but we're saying that okay you have an idea how about you just do these three things to set up your online presence because right now when people are looking for you they're looking for you online so how about 
you just have this at the forefront for now and then you keep optimizing as you go it's called the agile method where you are not just like you're not either just doing a lot of things at once and putting up huge pause but you're throwing out stuff out there and consistently optimizing as you go so one of the things that was one of my pain points and what i decided to do was to say okay I know there's a lot of information out there. A lot of people are probably like, this is way too much information to take in. But what is what what is needful to me right now at this stage if I'm starting out a business? What do I need to do? What are the quick steps I need to do to optimize like my online presence? So I, I feel like for me, the huge, huge issue I had was like starting well. Like that's one of the challenges I faced. And, and you, you know, like when you get into something without a lot of knowledge, you struggle, you you don't do well, basically. So, but I'm thankful because through all of that challenge and pain, we were able to birth that opportunity to cater to other business owners like myself. Right. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And I love I love that story. I love the challenges because of course those challenges are needed. And I appreciate the fact that you use those challenges to create opportunities for yourself and for other upcoming business owners. So what you are doing is you are creating direction for people because like you mentioned, people have ideas and it's just how to start and those steps that are actually very important. So here you are helping them, sharing all those things, letting them learn from your mistakes and making their journey much more shorter. So thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. Thank you. It's interesting that every time I see you, I can tell that this lady is a strong Christian. And even right now, I can see the Bible behind you. <laughs> so <laughs> my question to you would be, balancing two significant aspects of your identity, the African culture and Christianity, might be complex in a country like Canada. How do these two facets of your life intersect and influence each other in the context of your immigrant experience? So that's the part A of my question. Then the part B is, how challenging do you think it is for a Christian to keep up with his or her Christian life in a country like Canada? Wow. And wow, I am, I'm stunned at the question. Let's start with part A of the question. How is it balancing being both African and a Christian, right? Um, I think God is faithful. Let's just start there because... Um, a lot of times we have a, a surface level knowledge of something and through that understanding, we're able to make decisions that sort of like structure our, our understanding, structure our life in a way. So what I'll say is being African does not have anything to do or does not negate the fact that you can also be a Christian, right? right. That's the point. Yes. Being African does not negate it, but because Africa a lot of people have, you know, spoken about Africa as the place where um, lots of other religions exist. Um, and they're mostly tied to, would I say dark magic in a way, but they're, they've sort of like connected Africa and religion to, to things that are not of light too. So sometimes when, when, when people might hear the word Africa and Christian in a sentence, it's, it might be, it's, there's just like a stereotype that has been built, right? But we also know that where lack of knowledge is, you know, confusion thrives, 
right? So we're we it's it's it is up to us to take ownership of information and understand before making decisions, right? Being an African does not negate the fact that you can be a Christian. Um, I always say you're Christian first, then everything else follows. I'm a Christian, I'm also African, I'm Nigerian, but Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Um, I, I feel like I wasn't able to express or explain, you know, why someone might try to ask a question like, why do, how can you balance both? Right. But I, I feel like you understood, and I hope your, your, your listeners understand as well, where it's like, you can be an African and also a Christian. I think that's the, the summary of part A. Part B was how can an African be Christian in Canada? Right. Is that, can you sort of like remind me for part B? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, thank you for that response for Pat Hey, and you you hit the nail on the head. That's because when when people talk about being African, maybe because we are represented by being black, it makes it look like somehow maybe we are fetish, but really we have <laughs> we have Christians, we have Christians, we have very serious Christians, and I love what our Christian musicians. I don't know if that's the right word to use for them. I love what they are doing. I love how technology has really helped to propagate their works. A lot of them are doing very well. Dunsin was in Dunsin was in Canada in recent, I think about last week or two weeks ago. Nathaniel Bassi is still, I think he's still in Canada. I'm not sure if he has left. He was in Newfoundland maybe two days ago. So okay. there's a lot of revival coming out of Africa and I'm really excited about that. So my part B is... How challenging can it be for you to continue or keep up with your Christian life in Canada? Because this is a place where it looks like you have everything. You've got everything in control. Are there, do you think this can be a challenge for people coming from Nigeria to keep up with yeah. their Christian life? I would, you know what I would say? Uh, first of all, I'll say help me Holy Spirit, because that question is very, very, um, it's very deep. And the reason I say help me Holy Spirit is because I want to know how best to respond to it. And, and what the Holy Spirit keeps bringing to my mind is my experience like moving here, right? When I first moved here, um, I, I wouldn't say like my life was, my life was not necessarily where it is right now. I know that I am here right now. So in essence, is it hard for a Christian coming from Nigeria to to walk in the right path or to to remain on that path that they were set in Nigeria I would say no and this is why we are only capable of the systems you know by the systems we have in place and what I mean by that is coming from Nigeria if you if you had your mind and your heart set set on the word of God and and you you were the principles were ingrained in you and you were already walking in, in an understanding that was not surface level. Moving to a different place does not deplete that but more so enhances it because you have an opportunity to exercise what you've built. Right. So moving here, I I, I would say I had a surface level understanding. It was more like this God is my parents' God. And I am, I go to church. I would just do, I was always just doing the routine, you know, I'll go to church, do whatever is required. But 
it came, it came a point where I got to have a relationship with God by myself. And now that understanding has shaped how I live my life here. If I go back to Nigeria, would my life change? I know, I believe not. I believe my life would just be more enhanced because I have an understanding of who God is. I have a relationship of who he is. So I think your level of intimacy with God would showcase or would, would, allow for your level of how you maintain that relationship in a different country. So if my relationship with God, if my intimacy, my level of intimacy with God is very high, when I move to Canada, it would actually make it more more pronounced because I would be saying, oh Lord, I'm in a different place. I'm in a completely different country. I need your help. So I would be spending time in the word. So, so it doesn't necessarily negate the fact or it doesn't remove from from how you would maintain your life in Canada, your Christian life in Canada, it, it's all it all falls down to the root of that relationship that you have. Wow, wow, that's a very, very Holy Spirit actually helped you. <laughs> you did, Holy Spirit did, and I don't think I want to continue asking any other question. I just feel like we should end it here. Thank you for sharing your perspective on that question. So, on this note, I will just ask you to share if there are any upcoming projects or initiatives that you're working on and how can people contact the case scope is there anything like partnership just tell us more about how they can contact you and if you have any projects coming up just share it with the audience okay wow thank you so much again thank you so much again paul for having me on on your podcast i'm super super excited to be here and you are doing such an amazing job um one thing that really stood out for me is is the naming of things and you named this podcast um the the thriving immigrant right and it's it's amazing how we are using our words to to speak life so you you bringing multiple immigrants here and having them share their story and capturing it as a thriving immigrant is amazing. And, and God bless you really and truly for that. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, on the angle of partnerships, yes, yes, yes. K-Scope is growing and we're super excited um, about that. 2024, we are looking to be more established in other cities in Canada, if you have heard anything that I've spoken about and they have or they ring a bell or you're interested in any of it, please reach out to me at uh, Yvonne Ben at the kscope.co. So Y-V-O-N-N-E-B-E-N at T-H-E-K-S-C-O-P-E dot C-O. You can also just like find me on Instagram and send me a direct message at Yvonne underscore Ben. Um, I'm willing to have conversations with people. We will have a lot of events coming up um, soon uh, in 2024. And we're actually working on reaching out to sponsors and partners, community partners. So please, please, please uh, reach out to me. We have our annual Case Go Community Picnic. Um, and we're looking to be to have it in like to five cities next year. Like most of the cities that we're looking at, London, Ontario, um, Toronto, Ontario. We're actually looking at Winnipeg, Manitoba. Um, we've been told to, to check out Ottawa. We've also been told to check out Windsor. So yes, please like reach out and let's have a conversation. And you can also find us at T-H-E-K-S-C-O-P-E on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for coming. Thank you for being a thriving immigrant. 
thank you for helping people to discover and demonstrate their potentials. And I'm so grateful for what you do. I'm inspired by your story. And I'm looking forward to hosting you again. And I'm sure by then you have bigger stories to share. Wow. So, Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. And thank you again for the invitation to the Family Immigrant Podcast. All right.